Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we look ahead to the Week 17 matchup in Cincinnati against the Bengals. Also, our weekly check-in with the Chiefs press conferences, as well as their journey to the top seed in the AFC. But first, as always, we start with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 16 victory over the Steelers? Yeah, you know, apart from the complete and utter slaughter of Pittsburgh, I mean, what a game. What a game. Um, The Chiefs beat the Steelers so bad that their offensive line coach was like, yeah, we might still be in playoff contention, but this team isn't winning anything. I'm going to go take that college job I had lined up. I mean, uh, uh, it was just... um, I I was actually... I was kind of mad that Mike Tomlin didn't want to be shut out so badly that he settled for a field goal from like the 16-yard line when his team hadn't sniffed the end zone all game. And and they were down like 30 to nothing. I think there were like three or four minutes left in the third quarter. To me, that felt like just a cowardly decision. I mean, had you scored a touchdown there, you still have a full quarter to maybe get close. You you can, I'd think that, you know, I mean, they, they could maybe get to 24, maybe. I, I don't know. you you got to think that if you score a touchdown there, you have a chance. But uh, they didn't even try to mount a comeback. And that, that just tells me that Tomlin had already given up before the end of the third quarter. One of the best head coaches in the NFL. We were beating him so bad that he gave up on his team in the, the, not even before the third quarter ended. It just flat out. I mean, that, that that just kind of blows my mind. I mean, that was just a good old-fashioned butt-whooping by Kansas City. And um, while the offense was incredibly impressive, uh, sans Travis Kelsey and with a limited Tyreek Hill, you know, I thought the defense stole the show again. I mean, they forced, what, three turnovers? Uh, you know, two of them forced fumbles. The one, the incredible interception by Charvarius Ward. And they just did a really good job of, of making everything tough on the Steelers' offense. You know, even those runs that that, uh, that Najee Harris, you know, anytime he was running, you know, if he was getting to the outside, they weren't making it easy on him. Um, and, and, you know, Ben was getting the ball out quick. He was throwing a lot of, like, you know, 2.1-second two, type of passes, like just getting the ball out fast. And, the Chiefs were closing and tackling and making sure that those yards after the catch weren't there. They kept everything in front of them. So I, I just thought that was just one of the most impressive victories we've seen from this team this season. Just a, a, a complete shutdown of that Steelers team. And one that's won, you know, seven games. They're not, you know, certainly not the worst team in the league. Certainly not the best either. They've got some pieces. Uh, it's just, you know. Uh, they're, I think it's clear they're in the process of rebuilding their team. So maybe they're they're not going to be like the, the golden standard that you hold yourself against. But 
that's the type of performance that you expect expect and you know even with the team missing so many pieces on the COVID-19 list basically their entire special teams uh group uh they just managed to 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 meet uh every challenge every step of the way so kudos to them great great performance against the Steelers should the Chiefs play it safe and sit Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the rest of the regular season? You know, if the extent of Edwards-Alaire's injury is just a bad shoulder contusion, like a like a bruise, I imagine that they could bring him back this week. I'm just not sure that their situation at the running back position is so dire that they need to do that, right? Because um, there's definitely a benefit to having Edwards-Alaire rest and get 100% for the stretch run. Now, it, it, things could change next week depending on the outcome of, obviously, the game against the Bengals and then the, the Titans-Dolphins game. Uh, you, you won't need to play him in Week 18 should the Chiefs clinch the number one seed this week. The, they would probably sit everybody, uh, all of the all the starters, uh, that next week should that happen. But uh, this upcoming week against the Bengals, Week 17, I mean, Daryl Williams and Derek Gore, that should be a fine group to, to fill in for Edwards-Alaire in the interim. Uh, I know plenty of fans want to see Gore get more carries, and I think that could end up being important should they, um, you know, uh, hang on to him for the future. Um, but, you know, and then there's also uh, Jarek McKinnon, who Andy Reid mentioned uh, over the weekend that he could be coming back from injured reserve soon. So, uh, he's a solid special teamer too, so I think they do want him back. Um, so it would just be interesting to see how they kind of manage this roster situation with this this running back uh, injury. But I, I do think that that they probably play it safe and sit Edwards Hilaire for at least one week. I, I don't know that he comes back this week, uh, and then you know there might be the second week depending on what happens uh, this week. After clinching their sixth straight AFC West division title. Should the Chiefs be considered Super Bowl favorites headed into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't really see how they wouldn't be considered favorites to at least get there. There's probably an argument to be made that the Packers are the, the Super Bowl favorite, at least on the NFC side. But for the AFC Conference, I mean, there's no other team playing complementary football uh, the way that, that Kansas City is right now i mean i think that there's a lot of teams that have like you know maybe one one you know good unit going for them be it offense defense um and then they have you know another one that maybe they're masking some deficiencies but um i I just don't think anyone's playing that that type of complimentary football that that the chiefs are right now you look at the offense they're finally starting to click uh, and play their best ball with the, the offensive line. And then Patrick Mahomes is really getting on the same page with, with the offensive line. And uh, they're playing with much more precision. You know, no drops uh, really to speak of the past couple of weeks. Uh, no no key turnovers. They haven't been as big of an issue. That's starting to level out. Um, they're just generally looking more comfortable out there. They're not getting as frustrated. They're executing better. Um, the, the run game is probably like the one thing that hasn't performed with as much consistency as you'd like to see, but they're, they're also getting the job done when it, when it comes down to it in crunch time, you know, uh, they're, you know, relying on the passing game to get out in front and get the lead. And then, you know, third quarter of these past couple of games, especially these big blowouts, they've, uh, 
really relied on that running game to uh, to help milk, milk the clock and get the game uh, under control as the clock winds down and as they win. Um, now the defense, they've emerged as the clear strength of this team, and I'm not sure that any offense really scares me considering the way that they've been playing. I mean, I, I also I look around the AFC, and the quarterbacks who are currently in playoff contention are Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, and then whoever comes out of the, the AFC North, you know, uh, that's kind of a bit of a cluster there. I would say you've got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, possibly Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think the Steelers have a shot after this last week. I think I think they're toast. Technically, they have a shot, but I don't think they have a shot. So um, there just aren't many, many names there that would kind of strike fear into the heart of, uh, of the Chiefs. And, um, you know, they're also probably the healthiest this team has been approaching the end of the regular season in the past two years. So that's a dangerous thing, too. The fact that, you know, really a lot of these guys are healthy and now you got a lot of them coming off of like just a random, you know, uh, rest period. Uh, A lot of the ones who are on the COVID-19 reserve list but weren't having um, symptoms or anything like that. So, you know, they just got essentially just a, a free week off there uh, to kind of get their bodies back feeling normal. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. That'll We'll see how that pans out in week 17. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't – I don't think there's any reason you can't uh, – to not think that the Chiefs aren't Super Bowl favorites heading into the playoffs. I, I think they're, they're definitely favorites, and save for a crazy upset, I think they'll be back there. Whose performance on Sunday helped their stock more moving forward, Byron Pringle or Traverius Ward? You know, I think it has to be Pringle just because Ward was already a trusted member of the defense. And remember, he's been starting all this year, started all last year. It was starting a little bit towards the end of the, his, uh, his rookie season there in 2018. So um, I, I just think, uh, you know, I, I, I just think that um, – when, when you consider that fact that he's been starting um, and, and then you look and kind of compare that to Byron Pringle, who hasn't really, I mean, save for his week five game against the Indian, Indianapolis Colts in 2019, I, this, this past week was his best game on offense. It was his second highest uh, receiving yards total at 75 yards and uh, his most touchdowns scored in a single game, I believe, uh, with two total touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, now someone asked me on Twitter if this performance makes Pringle more of a priority for the Chiefs and free agency this offseason. And I don't think it particularly changes anything as it currently stands right now. Now, if he can string a, a few more games like this together and emerge as that like number three option that it feels like this team has been lacking, that could make a big difference. Right now, it feels like Pringle's a guy who probably won't fetch a ton of of interest on the free agent market. I mean, he'll be 29 years old next season. I I think a reunion, no matter what the situation this next few games, I think it makes the most sense for both sides. And and I think they'll figure out a way to do that, even if he kind of emerges and, and, you know, starts to become this this big threat opposite you know kelsey and hill and whatnot i i think the key thing with pringle is 
consistency, right? He he caught, uh, you know, what, seven of eight targets or something like that, uh, six of seven, something like that this past week, you know, and before before that, he's had a couple of games where he's had, like, a, a key drop or two. Um, and, you know, when you're the number three option, you, you can't afford to have that, that drop because, you know, maybe he's getting four or five targets a game versus, you know, getting seven targets where you have multiple opportunities. So um, I, I think that the key is becoming more consistency, uh, consistent with catching uh, the football moving forward. And, and I think that, I mean, that that's the best thing he can do to help himself, uh, you know, when he's playing on the same field as both Kelsey and Hill. Patrick Mahomes quickly has become the all-time touchdown passes leader at Arrowhead Stadium. Is it too early to say he's the greatest quarterback in franchise history? I mean, I, I, I think that people had already been calling him the greatest quarterback in uh, franchise history before this milestone. I mean, it's impressive. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I believe the the it was Trent Green who held it uh, before uh, Patrick Mahomes' record. You're talking about, and um, you know, he's already accomplished so much, Patrick, in, in his uh, just his fourth NFL season as a starter. So there's just no doubt in my mind when it's all said and done that that he'll be considered the greatest quarterback in franchise history. But for now, I mean, who who I, I not to be rude, who cares really, right? I mean, it this is the time that we should sit back and enjoy the ride, right? Uh, the, the golden era of Chiefs football, as I've uh, been saying. I mean, the Chiefs are about to go on another postseason run, uh, and a potentially another one that runs through Arrowhead Stadium, um, you know, hosting their, potentially hosting their third consecutive AFC championship game. Uh, or uh, That's just, uh, that's just wild to me. Um, and and it, that's the most exciting thing about all the success that he's had. It's leading to the results on the field that make this a champ- championship caliber team year in and year out. And, um, yeah, just I, I think, you know, who who we don't need to worry about whether he's the greatest quarterback in franchise history right now. Uh, but but we should just enjoy what we're seeing because it, it doesn't come around. It's so special. It doesn't come around often. And Chiefs fans should know that more than than anybody after the futility that this franchise went through for so many years trying to find their Patrick Mahomes. And now they have him. He's here. He's doing it right now. So, uh, yeah, just enjoy the ride. Have fun. Don't worry about whether he's the, the greatest of all time. For us, for right now, he is the greatest. That That's for, for certain. Who do you believe is the X Factor heading into Week 17 versus Cincinnati? On offense, I think it has to be Travis Kelsey this week um, because he doesn't get many weeks off, right? He You get the bye week, maybe an occasional Week 17. Other than that, I mean, he hasn't taken time time off uh, for injury or anything. Otherwise, he he's the, his first season, his rookie season. He was out the whole year with injury. But other than that, uh, he has played, and um, I mean, he should be coming back hungry for action. I'm I'm curious to see whether or not you know a, a full practice week that he'll probably get this week. We'll just kind of see how that goes. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be limited at all in the same way that, that Tyree Kill kind of was this past week, but he's going to have the benefit of a full week of practice, so I think he'll probably have his feet under and be good. The interesting about this, uh, interesting thing about this, 
I should say, is the Bengals haven't uh, done a great job covering tight ends at all this season. They're actually one of the worst teams in the NFL covering tight ends. They've allowed nearly 1,000 yards on 84 receptions and seven touchdowns to tight ends this season. And uh, they're not going to be at full strength in the linebacker department. They've already ruled out Jermaine Pratt uh, because of COVID. And um, Logan Wilson, he has a chance to play, but might not be playing. He's coming back from an injury. Uh, he had to be carted off the field a couple weeks back. Uh, I'm not entirely certain the injury, but he will practice today. So they have a chance that, that he'll be back. But still, I mean, again, he, even when those guys are on the field, they're allowing a lot of yards to tight ends. So I, I'm not sure that'll make much of a difference. Um on defense, I think I'm going to go with the cornerback group this week. I, I, not anyone in particular, maybe Charvarius Ward, maybe a Legarius Sneed. But the Bengals have a really deep group of pass catchers uh, in Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. And uh, they're they're going to challenge the secondary. And, and I'm thinking it's perhaps more more so challenging than any group of receivers the Chiefs have faced all season because all, all three of those guys can do a ton of damage. Um and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in particular, I mean, they have a lot of size, and, and that's one thing that that has kind of – where the Chiefs have struggled with this season. I mean, Charvarius Ward's kind of their, like, size-speed matchup guy that they go to, but they only have one of them, right? So I, I think that it's kind of kind of be up to, to whoever, you know, the, the third option is this week. We don't know if it's going to be Rashad Fenton. He's going to be back from the COVID list. Might might be Mike Hughes. He's been playing good ball. Um, and, and then Legereus Sneed's going to be in the slot, obviously. So uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see how that all works out for, for Kansas City. But that's that's a tough group of pass catchers that they're going to have to try to shut down this week. And as always, Charles, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, I mean, as always, we had uh, plenty of post-game content for you after uh, the, the Chiefs Week 16 win over the Steelers, kind of wrapping that up, a little Christmas pun for you. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really enjoyed um, my prospect series this past week uh, because I got a chance to talk to East Carolina DB coach Steve Ellis um, about cornerback Jaquan McMillian. And um, he, he's a guy who's just been kind of flying a little bit under the radar, getting a little bit of hype, but he's one of the best cornerbacks in the country, just really productive ball skills, um, gets his hands on the ball. He plays outside at ECU, but Ellis told me that that he's someone who could play in the slot in the NFL as well. So um, now Ellis, he coached both Charvarius Ward and Kevin Byard at Middle, Middle Tennessee. He was actually the one who turned me on to Ward in the pre-draft process. Uh, that's why we were actually so prepared to cover him here at Chiefs Wire when, when Kansas City traded for him back in uh, ahead of the 2018 NFL season. But uh, anyhow, be sure to check that out. That was kind of a fun little conversation. Uh, we'll also have a bonus prospect series uh, this week with the uh, college football playoff semifinals approaching here. Um, then on Wednesday, we had a few different things uh, covering the, the sudden death of the incomparable John Madden. Just a really, really sad, just a, a giant for the game of football, be it as a, a head coach or a broadcaster or even the Madden video game series. So uh, we have some stuff about that, uh, the chief statements, some player reactions, and then some comments coming your way from uh, the, the head coach, Big Red himself, and uh, some of the players just talking about their experiences with, with Madden and, and what they know of him and how he impacted that. 
then, of course, we uh, kicked off our preview coverage for uh, the Week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast, reading the website, visiting the website, checking out our content. Uh, we couldn't do all this without your support, so thank you, thank you so much again. Uh, you, you guys make uh, this such a special place for us uh, to do what we do. And uh, you know what time it is, Ed. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time for me to, to let them know. Go Chiefs. Hey, Byron, I uh, wonder if you could take us through that first touchdown because that was a play that weirdly, certainly wasn't designed that way. Uh, but Mahomes had a lot of time to find you, and you ran around. What did you see on that play, and, and what did you do to get over? Uh, I, I was just bouncing in one spot, went from the rollout uh, left or right, and he rolled left, and I just tried to get in the quarterback view. And, you know, playing with Pat, you got to stay alive. So that's what I did. Go next to Herbie Teofi. Go ahead, Herbie. Ema, Byron, how you doing tonight? Ema, Ema, how you doing? Hey, I'm Merry well, thanks. And Merry Christmas to you as well. Obviously, a lot of unknown entering this week. But what, how, what, how did you mentally prepare yourself knowing that this game could have uh, – you could be without Travis Kelsey and even maybe Tyree Kill, but he was there. But, so what did you do mentally? Uh, me, uh, like Coach said, just get in the playbook and uh, be ready to take advantage of your opportunity that comes your way. So – I was just trying to come out and uh, no pressure on myself, just take advantage of my opportunity and, and play and just have fun with it while I'm doing it. Let's go next to Lila. Go ahead, Lila. Hey, Byron. Being able to, you know, have the first, um, you know, two touchdown, multiple touchdown day of your career, just, you know, what does that mean to you as a guy who, you know, went undrafted and, you know, had to work your way up from, you know, the practice squad and to have the role you're having this year? Uh, just don't never give up on yourself. Uh, just keep working, keep grinding. Don't look who in front of you, who who behind you, who on the side of you. Just keep going day in, day out. And had I want to know mentality, just a win. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Byron. Uh, without Travis and without Tyreek at practice this week, any do you notice anything different about Pat? Was he more focused or dialed in than normal or just the same old Pat? Uh, he was just the same old Pat, you know, uh, communicating with the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs. Just wanted us to go out there and, and just have fun while we're doing it. Nothing too serious. Uh, just just go out there and take advantage of the opportunity. That way he was just preaching to us all week, just take uh, full advantage of the opportunity that's given to us. And he said that before the game as well. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Byron, similar question, Lila. This is obviously one of the better games of your career. Um, what's the key when, when you have guys in front of you, like maybe you did, to, to staying patient? How do you have such a knack uh, for remaining patient and kind of letting this type of game come to you? Oh, man. See, I fish a lot, and you never know when the fish going to bite the bait. So it teach you patience, you know. Uh, uh, just go in and grind. Don't look who in front of you. As long as we come out with that dub at the end of the game, that's all that matters to me as a player. And as uh, as a teammate, just as long as we win and uh, and I executed my 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 plan and, and and took advantage of the opportunity that was given to me, I'm okay with it. So, and we'll go last back to Herb. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Brian, I can't help but notice your shirt. It seems like it seems like it reads Chiefs Run the West. 
Okay. What does that mean to y'all? I mean, obviously, six straight ASC West Division titles. So what is the overall mood in the locker room, and then how, how pumped up are y'all right now? Man, we pumped, man, because, you know, the coaches put in a lot of hard-working hours. The players put in a lot of hard-working hours in the offseason. And and I love when they come together as one, and we keep succeeding and keep winning games day in, uh, every weekend. And uh, how we how we uh, attack the week, you know, we go in hard work. You know, and uh, just smiling and, and executing the plays and and take advantage of the opportunities. Joe, what over the years or over the last couple of years has impressed you the most when you watch Patrick Mahomes from afar and how he handles the position? Just always seems to make plays when a uh, play needs to be made, you know, no matter what happens early in the game. You know, he always, always comes through in the clutch to, you know, score points when they need to. He's been doing it for years. Um, excited for the opportunity that we have though. Do you have a relationship with him at all? Have you ever met? Um, no, not too much. Um, I mean, we've talked every, every now and then, but not a, I wouldn't call it a relationship. Joe, you've talked a lot this year about uh, being able to win in multiple different ways. There are some games where you have to take care of the ball, other games where you know you're going to have to score a bunch of points. When you're going up against the, a Chiefs, the Chiefs and you know Patrick Mahomes is on the other side, do you just assume you're going to have to put up a ton of points on offense? Yeah, I say that's safe to say. You know, they're, they've been one of the best offenses in the league for, you know, since he's been the, the starting quarterback. So, you know, we're going in expecting to have to score a lot of points and, and we'll adapt accordingly. Joe, on this eight game winning streak, the uh, Chiefs defense has been keeping people out of the end zone. I mean, they, they, they've been really good in terms of uh, points allowed. What, what was, could you tell, I don't know how much, how much tape you've looked at, how many games, but what was the turning point for them? They, they weren't playing that well in the beginning of the year. And now they're playing gangbusters. Can you put your finger on any one thing? They've been forcing a lot of turnovers. You know, they're top two or three in the league in enforcing turnovers. And they're very opportunistic in those situations. So, you know, we're going to have to take care of the ball, take our opportunities when they come, and, and be smart with the football. So when you watched the tape of that of the game on Sunday, the 525, was there anything that struck you like yesterday or – uh, you know, on Monday when you were looking at the tape that, that surprised you that you didn't realize until you watched it? No, I think we all knew what happened on the field. <laughs> Kansas City has a very raucous crowd and uh, really gets after it. Talk about just uh, the energy you felt last week and what you hope to feel from the fans this week. Yeah, you know, the fans are a big advantage when you're playing at home and a disadvantage if you're playing on the road. You know, it really affects your ability to manipulate the defense with snap count. Um, and so we, we need our fans to come out in full force, be loud, be proud, and, and help us get this win. Thank you. What what y'all did last week it raises the expectations of what, what you think the offense should be able to do on a weekly basis? No, I think we've felt the the same way the whole year. And we know what we can be. We know you know where we have to get better and so we're gonna to continue to do that. 
during the offseason, you spoke a lot about like making plays down the field during early in the season. You spoke about beating the blitz. Like what's next for you? Is there a specific area that you're thinking a lot about right now? Like you were the deep ball and the blitz at different points of the year. No, I think we just got to maintain this momentum that we have from, from the last few weeks. You know, we're, we're moving the ball really well on offense right now. We got a, a good groove running and throwing the football. So we just got to maintain this momentum, have a great week of practice and come out ready to go on Sunday. You've had Sorry. three straight games with, oh, sorry. Um, you've had three straight games without an interception. Uh, I know that was something that you were really, uh, focusing on earlier in the year. What, what's been the difference for you in terms of that? And especially going into this game, um, can you talk a little bit about just what you've done in that regard? Um, well, you know, being smarter with the football, you know, not trying to, to be a hero on every play and, you know, also, you know, we've we've kind of turned our luck in in that situation. You know, some of the the batted balls that turn into intercept, interceptions at the beginning of the year have have gone the other way, and that's how the season goes sometimes. As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at the Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Catch us next week.